Rancho Radio. 92.9. We are brought to you by Pam Harris's Pea Quail Realty on Southern Boulevard in Rio Rancho and by TJ's Evergreen Herbal Market on Deborah Road right here in Rio Rancho. It is time to find out what's going on in the City of Vision with our Mayor Greg Hull. Good morning, Mayor. Well, good morning, Derek, and welcome TJ's. I'm very happy that the show has yet another sponsor, so fantastic. And uh, make sure you do go by TJ's or call Pam Harris, Pequel Realty, great businesses. Yes, so we want to make sure that we support them because it's because of their sponsorships that we get to put this show on the radio on a weekly basis to try to get as much information as we can out to the citizens of Rio Rancho. And the goal that we have is just get as much information as we possibly can, right? Yeah, there can't be too much information. <laughs> right. Right there. Well, you know, you get the feedback, Derek, that I didn't know this or I didn't know that. And, and so we'll continue to try to put this out in any medium that we can. And I want to remind everybody Sunday morning, 8 a.m. I know you're probably getting ready for church or you might not even be awake yet, <laughs> but that's why we put this show on a podcast every week as well so that you can go back and listen to it at your leisure all you have to do is go out and look for Greg Hull, Mary Rancho podcast. It's right there on Spotify. It is a free listen. There are no paywalls. So if it asks you to subscribe, that's actually not necessary. So just go out, listen to the podcast. And if you wouldn't mind, do me the favor of sharing the link to your social media page so that more people know that we've got this radio show at 8 a.m. Sunday mornings right here on KDSK. And uh, Rio Rancho's oldie radio station. I got to got to give you a plug there. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, but we've been doing this. We've been doing this show now for eight years. Yeah, yeah eight years. Wow. Okay. Eight years. See. So it's been incredible. And now we only have the last year and a half archived on the podcast. We'd only started that a year and a half ago. I have them all. I know you do. I can. <laughs> we we yeah. need to go back and play the very first one and see where we were. <laughs> Yeah, we did that uh, a while back when uh, you were out of town or something. I played that, and it is fun to hear. We started talking, and, and uh, we did a one-off conversation, a one-off interview, and then we talked about, hey, do we want to do this on a weekly basis? And I thought, hey, that'd be awesome. What an awesome opportunity to get this out to everybody and have everybody hear what's going on in the community. So I certainly appreciate the uh, loyal listeners that check in every Sunday morning to listen and we hope that the content that we're bringing is answering questions and giving people information. Because here's the other thing, Derek, in a vacuum, and I've seen this time and time again, in a vacuum of information where people don't know what's going on and they see something happening, they will come to their own conclusion and they will go out and say, well, this is what I think this is. And then after they say, this is what I think it is, somebody else then says, this is what it is. Yeah. And then unfortunately that's not always the case. So I like to bring the information and let people know that they can contact me directly. We're going to try to do every form of communication we possibly can. And, you know, I was mentioning this the other day when I first took office in 2014, the only two ways that the city really got available to it, to communicate to the citizens was if we published something in the newspaper, the rear ranch observer, or if we put it on the city's website. And those were actually the two legal forms of notification that the city has to follow. Well, those you are, can post it on the on city hall, yeah, you, but that yeah. means somebody would have to go to city yeah. hall to see it. Yeah, we, we post it on city hall. You can do that as well. And there's a bulletin board there. There is. Yeah, I know. I've seen it. Post those public notices yeah. right there. But we wanted to get more information out. So then we, you know, we took to Facebook, we took to Instagram, to Twitter, 
next door, all of the social media mediums that we can push stuff out. And we want to remind everybody that you can go onto the city of Rio Rancho's website at rrnm.gov to sign up for the 360 notifications or the code red notifications. For example, a week and a half ago, we had to push out a code red notification to the residents of Northern Meadows because the uh, construction company out there redoing the road hit a gas line. Ooh. And so we had to shut the road down and that really kind of sealed off Northern Meadows. So we had to tell people, look, to get home, you need to divert back up Cherry. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. Yeah. And so we try to get notifications out like that. So it's always good to sign up for those code red notifications. It's always good to sign up for the 360 notifications. So, you know, the things are going on around the city, like what's going on in the libraries. And we've got the history of the labor force, a Smithsonian exhibit at the library right now. I want to remind everybody to please go over and check that out. Unfortunately, last week I wasn't here. I was out of town tending to some family health issues with my dad And I know a lot of people had my dad in their thoughts and prayers and, you know, appreciate that. So we didn't do that last week. So I didn't get to make the opening, unfortunately, for that Smithsonian exhibit. But this is like the one where we talked about where the Americans and the Holocaust came and we did that exhibit. So we're trying to bring more and more exhibits in to bring this information to the city of Rio Rancho. So we want everybody to please go to the Loma, Colorado Library Check out the exhibit. I think you'll find it exciting and uh, informative. And we want to get a lot of participation on these exhibits. And of course, we want a lot of people to go to the libraries and see these amazing facilities that we have right here in the city of Rio Rancho. So there's that. But I understand we had a question, and that's another thing I want to encourage people to email Derek here at info. I think it's info at KDSK. Dot com. Mm -hmm. So just email Derek a question if you have a question of something going around the city. But it's my understanding we have a question. We do. It says, my request is to get Mayor Hall, if he can, to provide an update on the National Cemetery planning. So for the longest time, yeah, we were looking at uh, this land up on the north end of Rio Rancho. So everybody understands it's kind of up in the area near but kind of in the vicinity of the National Guard Armory up Mm -hmm. in that area as it runs along 550 and it's an area called Loma Barbone is the area name and they were looking at that for a national cemetery well because that was a state land parcel they had to bid for the land and I believe at kind of the last minute it was decided that they would not bid for the land so it doesn't look like that national cemetery is going to go there Unfortunately, now that's not something that Rio Rancho had direct control over. And we were very disappointed that we didn't see that actually come to fruition. We'll continue to follow the situation, but at this point in time, it doesn't look like it's going to be at that location. So unfortunately, it's not a good update. I would have liked to have said we're moving forward with it, but it doesn't look like we are. We thank our listener for the email. And again, if you have a question you want me to ask the mayor, it's info at kdsk.com. And... Mid-year budget time. Yes, we just went through it. So adjustments, and are we in good shape? We were in excellent shape, and we did. So a week and a half ago, we had a governing body meeting where we went through the mid-year budget adjustments. We typically do this in the last meeting in January. And in this particular case, we always look at the budget, and we can adjust the budget at any time. But what we try to do is 
keep it consolidated to a single meeting where we can look at the things that need to be adjusted. Now, budget adjustments can go one of two ways, Derek. If we don't have enough money or we've budgeted too much and we don't have enough money to cover the bills. Up or down. Right. right. (laughs) We've got to adjust the budget to compensate for the lack of revenue. So we project a certain amount of revenues going into the year when we adopt a new budget. And if those revenues fall off and we don't have the money to do the things that we thought we were going to do, then we've got to go in and do some cuts because we always have to have a balanced budget. Or you could have had additional revenues or more revenues than what you originally anticipated. And I will say that my staff, my team does an amazing job. They really do conservative revenue estimates. We go low. I mean, we go two tiers low on revenue projections because we don't want to overspend. And we don't want to make commitments that we can't keep. Could you please go run the federal government for us? <laughs> well, uh, I'm a little way away from that, but we're you, gonna, you and the whole city council. I mean, you know, this is we hear about the raising the debt limit and all that stuff. We're not having this problem in Rio Rancho. Right. If we can't afford it, what do we do? We cut it. We don't raise the debt limit. We, you know, we, yeah. we cut. Right. Yes. And so if we, project our revenues lower to make sure that we're being extremely conservative with those numbers. When we do come to mid-year, we come across what we came across now. And this is a pretty big number. So this year's GRT revenue was adjusted upwards, upwards. This is our gross receipts tax. Mm -hmm. Our uh, GRT revenue was adjusted upwards $7.1 million. Now that's a huge upward adjustment. So how does that happen? Are we all paying more tax? No. So no. where's it coming from? No, it's not. So there's, <laughs> there's, so number one, there's very robust local economy that's generating this. So we're shopping. We're shopping. Correct. And back in July of last year, something kicked in that we had never had before. And you and I've talked about this and this was the internet sales tax where as a municipality, we would finally get our local option or the amount of tax that would normally come to us. If you went to a local store, say Walmart, and you bought something that was subject to gross receipts tax, the city of Rio Rancho gets a portion of that. Mm -hmm. And there were internet sales tax that was being paid to the state. The city wasn't getting its portion of that per se. We were getting a cut, but we weren't getting what we call our local option GRT. Once the new legislation kicked in last year that allowed cities to get the local option, on this GRT, this was going to be huge in turning around the leakage that we've been losing to the city of Albuquerque and surrounding areas where if you went to shop for something, you rolled down to Cottonwood Mall, spent your money down there and say bye-bye to all the GRT. None of it gets invested back in Rio Rancho. It's just gone. Now, when you order something online, it gets delivered to your house. Rio Rancho gets its local option. Now, we did projections on this. We didn't know exactly what it was going to generate because we had never had this revenue before. So we were extremely conservative about this. There were estimates that it would generate three to $5 million annually on the front end. I thought it was going to be more. I've always thought it was going to be more. And now it turns out that it looks like my estimates were probably a little more on the mark than the original estimates coming in. But mind you, we wanted to be very conservative. We didn't want to go, oh, it's going to be $7.1 million. Spend money you don't have. Budget for money you don't have. Yeah, budget for money. We didn't know if we were going to get it or not. Well, here we are. We budgeted for a much lower amount, and now we're doing an adjustment of $7.1 million. And this adjustment is to actually bring this money in and recognize it. Now, this money has been sitting in the general fund. As the money comes in, 
it sits in the general fund or what we call the ending fund balance. So it goes into the bank and it just sits there. So the money's sitting there, mid-year comes along, we have to figure out what we're going to do with this money. So at this point, this is the time where we go and budget it. So it doesn't mean you have to spend it. We don't. As a matter of fact, that's another thing that I want to point out is we have a policy of the city having reserves of 25%, not spending all this money. After we've received this money into the budget, we've recognized it in the budget. Now it's in there and we've spent some of the money. Our ending fund balance is actually holding at 33% reserves right now. So we're actually eight percentage points over what our policy position is. So this puts us in a very strong position to make sure that we're agile and we're able to provide services that people expect, like paying the police, paying fire, continuing on the path that we're doing with fixing the roads, keeping the parks maintained, keeping things clean around the city. Those are the services people are looking for. So we see having that money available because you remember in 2008, when the housing market fell off, the city was almost entirely dependent on the gross receipts tax that was generated from the construction GRT that came in from building those houses. And when the permits fell off and the houses stopped getting built, the city was in horrible financial shape because basically they budgeted everything. They spent it down to the to what we call the state minimum reserves, which was about 9%. Wow. So I've always had a policy when I came into office, we set that policy at 15%. When we went into the pandemic, we set it at 25%. And we want to make sure that we've got strong reserves. And so people understand what reserves are is 33% reserves. The reserve number is determined based on what you spend. Okay. So if your spending obligations are X amount of dollars, we're holding 33% of that in reserve to make sure that we can pay those bills. Okay. So it's like having, if you budgeted in your household that an emergency fund, let's call it, saying, I like to have in reserve in my bank account six months worth of bills so that if I lost my job, I could pay my bills for six months. I would have six months to find another job, but hopefully you get another job before you exhaust those reserves, right? So (laughs) that's the plan, but yeah. It's the same principle here. We want to make sure that we have the money to pay our bills. If something catastrophic happened and these revenue streams fell off, how would we pay the bills? So you want to make sure that you've got a buffer in there that where we can pay the bills. Well, there's one way you could pay the bills, which we wouldn't like, but that'd be to raise taxes. Correct. We don't want you to do that. And, and I want to point this out too, because there was a comment at the governing body meeting with some of these budget adjustments of, well, should we give something back? Well, I want to remind everybody that we haven't taken anything more. In nine years, the city of Rio Rancho has only raised its gross receipts rate by one eighth of 1%. And That was due to a situation that was created by the state called Hold Harmless, where the state was actually cutting off these payments that the cities actually used to get. Yeah, I remember that was when Bill Richardson got rid of the food tax. Correct. Cities lost the money and the state was going to make it up, but then it ramped down. Correct. And it's still on a ramp down. Yeah. But we've been able to organically grow ourselves out of that without raising taxes exponentially. And so in this particular case, nine years Rio Rancho's raised its gross receipts tax by one eighth of 1%. So we're growing this revenue organically. And I made a point of saying, look, it's good to have strong reserves, but we still have a lot of goals that need to be accomplished. Is it, we still have a lot of streets that need to be fixed. We still have a lot of 
upgrades that need to be done to public facilities. And I pointed out, for example, and you and I have talked about this before, is, for example, Haynes Pool. The community center and pool building there was built before the city was a city. So, yeah, yeah it's been it's, around a long time. At some point in time, we need to address those buildings that need to be replaced, rebuilt, repaired, however you want to do it. There are community centers like Sabana Grande Community Center that needs significant work to make sure that those facilities continue to provide services to the community. Buildings are always in need of repair. We just, not too long ago, just put a new roof on Esterbone Library, and I, we're putting a new roof now on Loma, Colorado Library. So there's buildings out there that can need continued maintenance and so on and so forth. So there's a lot to be done still yet, but the important takeaway of this is that we're not raising taxes to get this stuff done, okay? We're actually being very prudent about the way we manage money, and we're growing city services in the areas that I believe are most important to the citizens when it comes to providing services. For example, in this particular budget adjustment, one of the big budget adjustments where we spent some of this extra revenue was new positions in the city, 15 of which were new firefighters. So bringing in new firefighter positions, and as you know, firefighters and EMTs provide that baseline community service. Mm -hmm. Then Derek, when you dial 911, you want somebody to show up. You don't need them until you need them, and then you really need them. Correct. Yeah. So you want to make sure they're there. Seven of those new positions will go into the fire station located out in the Mariposa community. This is part of that process that we talk to everybody about, getting that fire station back online see, now I that Mariposa is growing again. You were revamping that, getting it ready for right. use again. Yeah. Well, when once again, going back to 2008, when all the building fell off and Mariposa actually was embroiled in kind of a legal thing with a, a default on all the bondholders out there. It became quite the mess and housing stopped out there at, I think around a, somewhere between 150 and 200 homes. And that was it. That's a community that was originally planned to have between six and 8,000 homes. So that fire station, along with servicing other surrounding areas was expected to have about 8,000 homes in that general vicinity that never got there. So at some point in time, we had to make the decision to redeploy those resources into the areas where we were receiving the bulk of the calls, the 911 calls, the emergency calls, calls for service. And so we did this citywide study that said you'd be best moving these resources around. Well, now that the houses are going back up there, and I think we're getting close to hitting about a thousand homes up there. They're building like crazy. Now. It makes yeah. sense now to bring that facility back online, not just to service the Mariposa area, but you also have the Hawk site to the north, which is that whole community up around the armory. Mm -hmm. And then also it provides this additional cover to the Northern Meadows area as well. Yeah, I was going to so, say, it's not that far from City Hall. Correct. Yeah. So getting that station back online, that's something that we are moving forward with. And in this particular budget adjustment, it also calls out for the new fire and rescue equipment that goes in there. And, and then there's fire and rescue positions that are going into that facility. So we're getting them trained up and getting that ready to go. And so that was in the mid-year budget adjustment on where some of that $7.1 million was spent. And then, as I mentioned before, $600,000 in this particular case is going to replace the Loma Colorado Library roof that's been leaking quite a bit. Nothing and, worse than wet books. And I tell you, it makes a mess in there. This is something that uh, I've been talking about for a while. When I first took office, Unser Boulevard, the medians were just dirt, weeds, and trash, mm -hmm. right? 
And so we embarked and it took four years, five years to get it done because we just carved out enough money to go in and gravel those medians to make them look nice just coming into the city. Real basic landscaping. We didn't need anything fancy. Where it says, welcome to Rio Rancho. Correct. On that stone there. Yeah. Correct. Those were all dirt and weeds yeah. and trash when I first took office. So we looked at how we could just peel off enough cash to just gravel them over one at a time. So we actually did one median a year for five years until we got to Unser, right? Uh-huh. So now what we've done is we want to add a little character but once again, being very conservative, I don't want to go in and put plants and bushes in there that require lots of water. We don't want to do that. Or maintenance. Or maintenance, exactly. Yeah. So we put a little money in here to drop boulders in those to give them a little bit of character. Sure. So we're just going to drop some big boulders in there. And I can see over them. If so, if I'm going to make a left turn, I can see if traffic is coming the other direction. Correct. So I hate when they do that and they put these real nice bushes, but then you can't see on right. the other side. Right, right. So these are just kind of beautification things. It also deters people from driving up in the medians. So these are going to look nice. And, uh, you know, and then there was $825,000 for the Broadmoor Idalia roundabout design. And there was a little bit of news coverage on that, that we're designing that and getting that ready to go. Now, this is not the money to build it. This is just the money to design it. And so we'll see as that comes along, when we start that project, I'll make sure that we're talking about it right here on this show. There's miscellaneous stuff, $2.2 million here of the ARPA funds that we received from the federal government. Those are going to go to replace the utilities under Spring Road because that project will start soon. And the voters in last year's bond cycle, you remember March of last year, not even a year ago, the voters reapproved the road bond and Spring Road was identified in that. So we needed to pair up some money to make sure that we could do a complete project and get the utilities done underneath that road while we have the road peeled up. Just like what we're doing with 19th right now, we have 19th peeled up and 19th has been shifted to a one-way access. So you can only come in from the golf course side and you exit on the Grande side. Eastbound. Yes, eastbound. Now that'll flip and they'll change that when they're done on that side, then they'll move to the other side. But right now it's one way so that we can move residential traffic in there. And we would discourage anybody that just doesn't have to go down there. Don't go down 19th. There's mm-hmm. nothing down there. You don't live in the neighborhood. Right. Yeah. yeah there, there's Take west side. no businesses to access down no. there. Right. No. So you can yeah. go, go around that west side's fully open now. So that makes it for easy access. If you just shoot down golf course, if you're trying to get over to 528 west side's a great way to go now because all four lanes are open and they finally finished that waterline project underneath the road. When I came through there the other day, it, looked completely open to me. So it looks good. You can always go that direction. So I would discourage you if you don't have to use 19th right now, don't do that because it's one of those two lane residential, what we call collectors that run through the center of a neighborhood. And we want to make sure that uh, the construction company can get in, get out as quickly as possible. So let's leave the access to the homeowners for now. And there are other side streets north of 19th that'll take you over Correct. Sarah, and then you can come down to. Yep. You can take 20th over. You can take 21st over. You can take 18th over, I think. So there's a few other options to take you from golf course over to either Grande or Sarah. So you can get those done. So those are some of the budget adjustments that came through. Now, these particular budget adjustments really do focus a lot on one-time spending because once again, while there are some reoccurring costs in this budget that we're taking on some reoccurring expenses, The focus here is 
to do as many one-time expenditures as possible. So that way, if we have a revenue fall off, we don't have these ongoing obligations. And obviously when you add new personnel or you add new things, or when you add debt, you're taking on a monthly expenditure that you have to make sure you have the revenue for it. You know, Mayor, this sounds a lot like that way I run a business. It's how I was taught. We run the radio station or whatever business you might have where you have enough money, say, to carry you through a slow month if business is down. Very similar. Well, you know, I'm a former small business owner. (laughs) (laughs) And if there's one thing that worried me at night was how I would pay the bills. Would I make enough money to pay the bills? And some of my biggest bills were rent on my building. Mm -hmm. That was the big one. Utilities was a big bill. Paying the employees was a big bill. Payroll can often be your biggest expense. Yes. In most cases, it was. And so as you're growing a business, you know, one of the biggest things that you're concerned about is how do you pay the bills? Because you've committed to providing services. Now you have to provide those services. And the biggest thing that we look at here in the city of Rio Rancho is providing, number one, public safety services. That's the number one thing. Police and fire and making sure that our police officers and firefighters have the equipment necessary to respond to any call for service that the citizens have. So we want to make sure that that's there. And then as we go on, making those investments in infrastructure, for example, 19th. Now that was on the road bond, but the water line that's underneath it, we're going to end up funding that cash. And as we've talked about time and time again, every road that we've replaced since I've been in office, if it had underlying infrastructure, we have carefully managed the money from the utility to pay for those upgrades, to pay for those replacements, pay cash for those. So there is no corresponding debt that goes along with those underlying improvements. That's what we call interest. You're not paying interest to borrow the money to fix the water lines. Correct. So it's costing the taxpayers less. We're not having to pay for that interest. Absolutely. Absolutely. And by making cash payments and funding these things cash outright, it also leaves the next generation coming along behind us. Infrastructure that's been improved that has no corresponding debt. So if a new administration comes in in four years and they say, hey, what are our cash flows? Your cash flows are going to be really strong because they're not going to be encumbered with debt. And with the way interest rates are going up right now, you're saving us a lot of money. Well, it is saving. It's saving millions. (laughs) I'm just saying, if you look at everything that cities typically finance and the things that we're not financing, we're saving the taxpayers of Rio Rancho millions of dollars in long-term financing costs. And by keeping our debt to a minimum, And for example, the road bonds are financed. So when we replace the top surface of the roads, that is financed through bond issuance. Right. But that's also got a dedicated stream of revenue because those are voter approved road bonds that are collected off of individuals' property taxes. So those are secured payments there. We don't have to worry about where that money's going to come from in the sense of if you decide that you're not going to buy a new TV this week or next month, that's going to impact the GRT of the city. In this particular case, it is tied to the property tax bill. So we have a dedicated stream of revenue to that. So setting that aside, we do finance the surface of the road, but the underlying infrastructure on the pipes below that we've been replacing with the utility department, once again, those are cash funded and you want to make sure that we're doing that 
because the least amount of debt that we have on that utility, the less we have to raise rates to cover the operation of the utility. But I've seen where it goes the other way. People would say to you, okay, if you would finance the water lines, you could use the cash you have to fix more streets. Yeah, it doesn't necessarily work that way. <laughs> it doesn't necessarily work that way. Is that you taking on debt, you have debt service. That's that's a monthly payment. Okay. Right. So that chips away at those cash balances right there. That's mm-hmm. just the first chip out. So yeah, you might think I've got two pools of cash. So if you borrow the equivalent to what cash you have on hand, well, you've leveraged that. And then if you spend the cash you have on hand, then you're left with the debt. Yes. So better to just play it the other way. <laughs> just, you know, I just want to bring just that me. up because I could hear somebody saying that at a city council meeting or something. Why didn't you could have fixed more? You know, so I wanted you to answer that. Oh, yeah, question. absolutely. Look, slow and steady wins the race. Right. And that's what we're doing. We're winning the race the right now. Turtle in the hair thing. Yes. <laughs> Is that uh, we can come up with these great ideas of how we can leverage and, and borrow and twist. But if we end up back where we were in 2008, where we had to cut so many services and literally stopped fixing roads because the city had no money because the housing market dropped off and make no mistake, Derek, we're looking not at the equivalent of 2008, but we're seeing that in the housing market. The housing market has slowed down because interest rates went up. So buyers that were potentially going to buy six months ago have said, we're going to cool our jets for a while, sit still, and we're just going to stay in the house we're in or stay where we're at until these interest rates come back down. And then maybe we'll look at it. Right? So, that being said is in 2021, we had over a thousand new home permits that were pulled in that year that dropped off substantially in the second half of 2022, where I think we closed out the year somewhere between six and 700 permits. So we're already seeing a drop off there. Now that's why strong reserves are important because we already saw a fall off in revenue in construction GRT based on the idea that those permits have dropped off Now, we won't feel that probably for another six months or so, but we'll see it. It's coming and we have to see the indicators and we have to be smart about how we move forward or we'll end up saying, okay, well, we got to lay people off or we got to do this or we got to do that. Or like when I took office, we had a police fleet that had police cars that less than 10% of the police fleet had under 100,000 miles. And that's a lot of cars up over a hundred thousand miles that you're expecting to respond to emergencies. Yeah. Okay. So we want to think these things through. Not the place you want to save money. Right. Exactly. But when you don't have the money, you don't have the money. I remember my first couple of years, I was at the legislature begging for money to buy police cars and ambulances because these are the things that we needed to make sure that we were providing baseline services. Right. So we kept up with them as best we could. There were some that we financed at the time. But thanks to the voters of Rio Rancho stepping up and approving the public safety bond, that now allows us to buy the police cars and the fire trucks and the ambulances that we need. And if we get money from the legislature, we add it to the pool, but we're not entirely dependent on it, right? So those are the places that we want to fortify the position of the city as we go forward and be very careful about how we spend money. So yeah, we had some uh, mid-year budget uh, adjustments and this brings us right up to where we now start budget season going into the next budget year where we'll be talking about what we're going to be doing in the uh, 2023-2024 budget because right now we're in the 2022-2023 budget And this wraps up, this particular budget cycle will wrap up on June 30th. 
and the new budget cycle will start on July 1 because we run a fiscal year budget. And as we see where the reoccurring revenues come from, we will target these one-time expenditures for the most part and start making sure that we are investing the money wisely so that we don't have to say, oh my goodness, we committed to all of these additional expenses. Now, in order to maintain these levels of service, we're going to have to raise everybody's taxes. That's not an option that, that I've explored. Don't yeah, do <laughs> don't do that. Right, right. I live here too. Right, yeah. right. Yeah. And look, I think in the last nine years, you've seen, Derek, as you've moved to the city and you've moved your business here, you really do find a very strong stability in the tax base. There haven't been these wild swings of, oh my goodness, we have to raise everybody's taxes because we overspent ourselves over here. So you haven't seen these wild swings and spikes because we set a plan in motion and we've stuck to that plan. And I know I'll get phone calls and say, well, mayor, why don't we jump over here and do this? And why can't we jump over here and do that? Because we have to stick to the plan. And if we start jumping around and leapfrogging different things, we're going to get ourselves into trouble by not following the plan, sticking to the plan. And as I said in the last city council meeting, I said, you've got to put your head down, plow through and stay focused on the target, not the finish line, because when it comes to running the city, there is no finish line. <laughs> it keeps moving. <laughs> exactly. But you can hit these targets and our targets right now are make sure that we have great public safety and make sure that we're continuing to address the infrastructure in Rio Rancho. And when I say infrastructure, that's water lines and uh, that's roads. Those are the two big infrastructure issues that I talk to people about on a very constant basis. And the investments that we're making are securing the water future of Rio Rancho. And we're creating sustainable systems that allow us to move forward, whether it's our aquifer injection system or the money that we're investing in wastewater treatment facilities to clean our reuse water to a near potable quality that it can be injected back into the aquifer and banked for future generations. So we're making investments today that will pay dividends in the future. And I think it's incumbent upon us and it's our responsibility to make sure that we protect the natural resources that we have by being good stewards of them. And I think right now we're on the track to being good stewards with what we have up here in Rio Rancho. And uh, I enjoy talking about this stuff. Well, it's, it's easy when it's positive. You know? <laughs> right. If we were losing money like 2008, it wouldn't be so much fun. Right. But to that, how's our audit report look? Funny you should ask because, well, we did the FY23 budget adjustments at the same city council meeting. We also received our latest annual audit. Now, this is something that we touch on once a year. We get audited. And have you ever heard somebody out there that has said, Somebody should audit the city. That's required, isn't it? Every year that it the is. state requires. I don't think a lot of people know that and that we just have free reign and no accountability. Actually, there are very stringent laws that say that the city, we have to hire an outside independent auditor every year to come in and just dig and tear and rip into the city's books. As I recall, too, you can't even use the same one every year. Every so many years, you got to get a different right, one. Right. So you can't even get a relationship and have them, in theory, adjust things in your favor. Correct. Yes. I'm not sure what the statutory time requirement is, but I think it's every three to three to seven years or something like that. You have to get a new auditor. You have to hire a different company right. to come in and do the audit. So that way, as you said, you don't develop a relationship that maybe just keeps corruption from correct happening. Yeah. Correct. Not that you planned on doing that, but it also goes through 
different administrations and city councils. Exactly. Exactly. So we want to make sure that all of our money that the taxpayers have trusted us with is being managed in a fiscally responsible way. And I'm happy to report that we had an unmodified audit, which means there was no findings. They didn't send it back to you to fix anything. Right. Exactly. Is an unmodified opinion of our audit. There were a couple of things that were noted that were mostly just ledger sheet errors, but this shows you where they dig in. Mm -hmm. Okay. One of the things that they noticed was, is there was an expense that had been expensed to 2023 that actually should have been expensed to 2022. So we had to take that and move that expense out of 2023 and put it into 2022. And then there was a credit that had been credited to 2022 that should have been gone into 2023. So there were these two adjustments that had to be made. Very simple, no missing money. It's just, this is how they dig in and they find something that says, hey, that transaction should have been in this year and this transaction should have been in this year. We're going to need you to go ahead and fix that in your book so that this all comes in into perfect balance. And nothing nefarious there. It's just when the transaction came in, they credited in and understand that there's different accounting systems. There's cash accounting and then there's accrual accounting. So sometimes when the cash comes in, it doesn't get posted. If it comes in on the 29th and there's a weekend, it might get posted on the 1st for the next month. Yeah, right. And it could have been supposed to be posted to an expense that was accrued in the following year. So sometimes these transactions can cross each other. But once again, that's why we have an auditor that comes in and they say, hey, kind of missed that one right there. (laughs) And they also audit like our federal contracts and our state contracts to make sure that we're issuing contracts in compliance with federal and state employment rules. Okay. So they go in and they say, okay, well, you should be making sure that the companies that you're hiring are paying a baseline amount in wages and benefits and they're doing these different things. So there's different things like that, that they come in and audit so they'll audit contracts, they'll audit receipts, they'll audit deposits. You remember several years back, one of the things they picked up on is that we had not returned deposits in the water department in a timely manner. There was a couple of those that should have been returned a little bit sooner, and we just had to reprogram our system and correct that and make sure that we didn't do that again. So those are the things that they pick up on, and sometimes it can be a tiny little thing, sometimes it can be a big thing. But make no mistake, the big thing that they're always looking for is, is there any missing cash? Is there any missing money? And you've seen, Derek, in uh, a few of the cities right here in New Mexico a couple years ago, big article about a city to the north of us that was missing several million dollars in cash. Now, I don't know how that happens, but that's a problem. Oh, yeah. And not having a good audit report, I think, doesn't that affect the ability of the city to get money from the state? It does. Yeah. It does. And so there's a lot of trouble that can come from not having a clean audit. And I'm very proud that in my nine years of being the mayor, we've had the cleanest audits in the city's history, two of which had absolutely zero findings whatsoever. They, there was nothing they could point to that says you need to fix this or you need to fix that. All of them are unmodified. But then you talk about, did they find anything? And their findings are where they identify that this probably should have gone here and this probably should have gone there. So simple stuff. Modified means that they found, say, money missing and then they give it back to you and say, you have to find where this is. Yes, exactly. Where does all this go? And then do it again and send it back to them. That would be a modified audit. Correct. So you, you get into some of those different areas. 
But make no mistake, Rio Rancho is running very efficiently. We're growing our resources organically without digging into the taxpayer pockets at every turn. And we've done what we've done and accomplished what we've accomplished by living within our means. And we've shored that up by making sure that we have strong reserves to back up the actions that we're taking and that will move us into the future and we'll be able to accomplish the goals that we've set before us. All right. Talking with Mayor Greg Hull of Rio Rancho, in case you just tuned in. And Mayor, I appreciate your time each week at 8 o'clock on Sunday morning. Absolutely. And don't forget, if you missed it this morning, go out and check out the podcast, Greg Hull, Mayor of Rio Rancho on Spotify. And let me also just say this real quick before we jump off. So let's not forget St. Baldrick's is coming up on March 12th. We want everybody to mark your calendar for that. It'll be at the Rio Rancho Event Center. I'll be bringing more information about that. And the home show, of course, is coming up just in a few hours. Yes. If you haven't been out to the home show yet, it started yesterday and it's actually still running today. It'll start. It goes from 10 to four o'clock today. So if you didn't get a chance to go out to the Rio Rancho Event Center and enjoy the home show, you still have time to go out there and check it out. Now, you did miss the chili cook-off, which was yesterday, but we had a lot of good fun. And Star and I will be out at the event center for a few hours right before Eddie Rail comes on, so you can come out and see us as well. I'm probably going to come back out there just after church to check things out and say hello, so I'll probably stop by and see you there today and uh, say hello while I'm there. Great, Mayor. Thank you. All right, we'll go out there, make it an amazing Sunday, and God bless.